takes more than that to get rid of me. Oh, don't we know it? <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> this is the AT Banter Podcast. A balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. My name is Rob Minot, and uh, joining me today in the Anti-Gloom Zoom Room, Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hello again. Uh, and Mr. Steve Barkley. I'm a little teapot, short and stout. I, um, I think I have a future as a game show host. Apparently. Uh, actually, did they, are game shows even a thing anymore? Oh, yeah. Are they? Sure. Jeez, I haven't watched a game show in a long time. A whole network called the Game Show Network. Really? Yep. No way. Mm-hmm. Do you have it? I think we get it as part of our cable package. I don't remember, though. Hmm, interesting. Do they show, like, old syndicated game shows? Because that would be fascinating. The only... Every once in a while, I'll hear Family Feud on, but I think it's the current versions. It's not from the 80s. Oh, damn it. Those are the ones you want. Where they have, like, the really inappropriate questions that would never float <laughs> now. I just like the no whammy, no whammy. <laughs> wait, wait, no whammy? What's that? What show was that? Was it, was it Let's Make a Deal? I don't remember. But there was a oh, whammy. really? I don't remember that one. I remember like Tic Tac Doe. I like that one. You heard Regis Feldman passed away. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that's a bummer. Who wants to be a millionaire host? And oh yeah, that's right. I forgot he was Regis on that. I forgot about that show. Yeah, Regis yep. and Kathy Lee. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But Alex Trebek is still with us. You betcha. He looked pretty yeah, dicey there for a while because didn't he have some sort of he had some sort of cancer, right? He still does. Yeah, he still does. Yeah, well, geez, that's that's impressive because usually that's a you're a goner if you get that, but he's he's hanging in there. Yep. Who is a tough bastard? Answer: Alex Trebek. Come on, guys. Oh, come on, I see what you're doing. Now. Work <laughs> with me here, guys. <laughs> I'm doing a show here. <laughs> well, lucky well, for both of you, there is no show next week. Uh huh. So Lucky they, for our listeners, too. <laughs> a show. Just kidding. JK, JK. Pre-recorded show. Yes. <sighs> don't tell them that. Don't, <laughs> tell, don't show them the man behind the curtain. All right. X and A on the pre-show. That's right. No, it'll be all live. Coming, coming, great, coming at you. Oz. Hey, you know, I noticed on Podbeam that there is a Podbeam live thing. Ryan keeps bugging us about a live show. Maybe we should just say, screw it. One week, we'll just do it. Yeah, and we can mute everybody, but just we'll do a, a show. We'll have an audience that will open it up for questions. I don't, after. I don't think that that's the way it works. I think Podbeam Live just means, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to look into that. I'll have to look into the back end and how that all works. I don't know if people are like joining a channel in a, or if it gets, if it just gets fed to, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know enough about it to, to really talk about it intelligently, which I know doesn't usually stop us, but um, it'll Especially stop me for the moment. Recently got 
man. <laughs> yeah, we did a show last week. We talked to the folks at National Captioning Canada, and uh, they did a transcript for us uh, for that show. And I realized real quickly that I sound even stupider when someone transcribes me. Well, they do it verbatim, right? Cause I, I, I know. It was, it was just like, like oh, they, they had no, they didn't edit. It was like, I know. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> 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 Who listens to us? So yeah, that's, that's a whole nother level of editing there. It's hard enough when you edit, when you have to edit yourself uh, in an audio format, but man, try transcribing out what you say in a conversation and uh, it's a rude awakening. Yeah. Uh, hey Ryan, Rob, uh, what what the heck are we doing today? Today we are speaking with some social media icons. Well, I consider them icons, or they're they're, they're attaining icon status in my books. Mm -hmm. Hannah and Emily Shavers from True Faces. Oh yes, well the, you know they're TikTok stars. So you know, and to us old guys, TikToks is very very exotic. We we don't understand TikTok. And uh, it's a little bit scary. So, yes, anyone who's mastered the art of TikToking, I, mean, I imagine that's what the term is, TikToking. I uh, had a clock that was a master of it when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how old you are, Steve. I've been curious to check it's it out. You know, it. I know even though we did a show on it, people, more and more people are, are jumping on TikTok and posting stuff. So I've been very curious to check it out. But... I just yeah, don't know. That's going to get banned soon, let's be honest. I think yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, this is, I'm excited. Uh, the, what, they, what they've been doing um, is a real testament to, I think, one of like youth and youthful energy, um, but also like, you know, uh, people in the community that, that um, are stepping up and creating, creating their own communities. Um, it's really amazing uh, what they've what they've managed to build so far, fairly early on, and um, yeah, it'll be real interesting to talk to them and, and see where they well, where how it all started and where it's all going. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, when I was you know 17 years old, like Emily was when they started this, um, I was doing nothing with my life. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh God. I wasn't doing anything in my life until I was in my 30s. What are you talking about? <laughs> 17. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't even know what I was doing when I was 17. Yeah, it blows my mind what kids are doing nowadays. God, I'm, I'm actually fairly relieved that we didn't have social media um, when I was that age. Because, boy, I would not want a lot of my activities or pictures or anything online <laughs> at all. Like, those have all been burned and destroyed. So you think so? I, I do. I pretty sure i don't know you've got friends out there who probably have pictures that have posted no, they, them somewhere I'm, no. I'm a little uh, i'm a little concerned about some of the photos that might be out there <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure i have no political career as a result of that. <laughs> <laughs> well at least people would have to see i'm sure you're probably right there's probably dirt out there i'm not putting it out there to anybody who i may have gone to high school with to listen to the show which is probably zero anyways but do not send in any pictures or anything like that or stories. <laughs> but at least with us, you'd have to at dig least for not it. To him. Don't don't send them to him. Send them <laughs> <Yeah>. to me. <laughs> 
but they'd have to dig for them nowadays like when you're 17 and you're doing something stupid it's all over social media it's there forever kids so that's my advice to all the younger generation that is listening to this podcast stop it just stop it's going to follow you forever and when you're in your 30s it's going to matter I'm going to reach out to the elementary and high schools in Mackenzie and see if <laughs> me a yearbook. Uh, all right, go ahead. Go ahead. I dare you. No, I don't dare you, actually, because there actually may be people listening. They're probably know. online. You know that, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's a good question. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what the status of Mackenzie is these days. I think I know they've got a subway. <laughs> I, I heard a few years ago that they managed to get a subway. So who knows? They might have internet hookups there now. Who knows? Yes, indeed. Anyways, I digress. Okay, where were we? Uh, yeah, so guess what? It was just recently. National Paint Chip Awareness Week. Oh, really? No, I did not know that. Well, <laughs> I, I just made that up. So. Well, you know what? It could be. Let's. Why don't we just make, make today National Paint Chip Awareness Day because why not? Everybody else has a day. Why not? I don't. I want to know what the process is. How do we get a day? Because um, paint chips are sorely underrepresented. When is National Podcast Day? I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, it's the day after Talk Like a Pirate Day. That's the that's the sweet spot. That's where you want it. Or maybe the day after the day after Talk Like a Pirate Day. Because then, because otherwise, it'd be too much. You had to talk like a pirate, and then you actually had to appreciate all your favorite podcasts. It might be a little bit too much for one week. Okay, we might be overthinking that. Anyways, hey, no. Uh, what it was last week uh, was the 30th anniversary of the ADA. Oh, right, yeah. Right? 30 years. So there you go. And what's our, our little ACA is what, uh, a year old now? Is it, is it a year old yet? Uh, yeah, probably close to that. Yeah. So there you go. Fledgling, fledgling little piece of legislation. That nobody's talking about. Not really anymore. We certainly don't hear too much about it, do we? But nope. I mean, I guess, granted, I mean, I feel a little bad for the ADA. It's kind of like... You know, uh, I don't know, all those kids that whose birthday fall on Christmas when the sense that uh, their 30th anniversary fell in the middle of a pandemic and a complete, you know, national catastrophe. Um, so they probably have uh, bigger fish to fry at the moment. So it's probably not getting the attention that maybe it should. Um, but it was interesting. I was reading a, an article that Ryan sent over about the 30th anniversary and just how a lot of people are sort of saying that you know it's it's really about time that the that the legislation really stepped into the um the digital accessibility world and really starts stepping up the idea of digital accessibility uh especially these days and i have to say i kind of agree with that well and i hope with the aca you know that we can learn from the progress the ada has made and kind of get there quicker yeah, I would hope so too. Um, you know, I think that <laughs> I, I think that as a country, we can we can probably learn a lot looking to the south and seeing some mistakes that are being made there that uh, we can try to avoid up here. But um, it's certainly it's certainly one of the things I think that you know, even though the legislation, um, both the the ADA in the states and the ACA here, um, you know, did the idea of digital accessibility falls 
within the scope of both, they're, they're not specifically addressed. And, and I think that that's the really big problem with the ADA is that the legislation is so old that um, digital accessibility wasn't really um, a pressing issue at the time. Um, but of course, the wording of the, of the document itself um, you know, digital accessibility falls into that. But I think that, you know, you need specifics, you know, especially these days when they're still fighting over the accessibility of different websites. I think that having something, you know, a clause in there that, that amends it to specifically talk about digital accessibility certainly couldn't hurt. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Okay, that was overachiever. Just asked for an Sorry. amen. Give me a hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Steve from Canadian Assistive Technologies and this is a shameless plug. We've been working hard to find less expensive Braille products so we can make Braille available for more people. We can now say that we have Canada's most comprehensive lineup of inexpensive Braille solutions including the 20-cell BrailleMe from InnoVision, the soon-to-be-released 40-cell Orbit Braille display from Orbit Research, as well as the world's least expensive multi-line Braille reader, the Canute from Bristol Braille. You can have a look at them all on our website at www.canastech.com. Joining us now are Hannah and Emily Shavers from True Faces. Hi guys, it's Emily and Hannah here. Hey. Well, hello. Hello. Well, listen, guys, thanks so much for taking some time out and uh, and chatting with us. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't recall where we came across you guys. I think it might have been on the CNIB website. Um, nope. Okay, <laughs> fine. Where, where did we? <laughs> CNIB actually posted something on Twitter about Hannah and Emily, and I went stalking. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, oh, I believe it was the same post that was on Twitter and Facebook and maybe even Instagram. So it is potential that you did see the same thing at different places. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, he likes perfectly wrong. That's well, right. listen, regardless of where we found you guys, we were, we were instantly uh, intrigued and we wanted to learn more about you guys. And we, we always like using the podcast as a platform to sort of spread the word of some very worthy causes. And I think, I think what you guys are doing with True Faces is certainly um, applies. So, but before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about you guys um, and just get a little bit of a, a snapshot of, of who you guys are. So, uh, how old are you guys? Uh, it's Emily speaking, I'm 18. And I am 15. Uh, and now where, where do you guys live? We're just from the uh, Peterborough area out in Ontario. And how big of a place is Peterborough? 80,000, but we're in a very small town outside of it. <laughs> Interesting. And that will, that will, I want to, I want to sort of follow up on that question a little bit later because certainly that's got to be a little bit difficult being in such a rural area. Um, mm -hmm. So, but before we get into that, so, and now, can you describe for us um, what your, your um, eye conditions are? Yeah, uh, it's Emily again. I have cone dystrophy, so basically I have light sensitivity, no color vision, uh, 20 over 200, so not really good distance either. It's Hannah. I have Golden Heart Syndrome, which has caused me to be visually impaired, hearing impaired, and have a facial difference. So, 
Talk to us a little bit about what that was like with the conditions growing up in such a small town. It was a lot of like, everybody knew pretty much that like, I know for me, like everybody knew that I couldn't see and that I had to sit at the front of the classroom and that don't throw objects at Emily because she, does, she won't see them kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it was also, we were both lucky because, you know, we're sisters, so we, we could, um, relate to each other's difficulties, but being in such a small area, we didn't know anybody else in our community that had a disability like us. Yeah, see, it, it's interesting because here in BC, uh, we there, a lot of people sort of run into to those issues. BC is such a such a big province, and there are a lot of remote, small, remote communities all spread out and it can be really challenging for somebody who has say visual impairment um, because they don't have access to sort of the resources that people who live in the larger city centers do um, what kind of resources did you guys have access to in peterborough if any um we have like a very small CNIB that basically just does like O&M and some life skills, but nothing that you can really like go to or where you can interact with other people and like meet people. So no real social aspects. Um, we have a tandem biking club, which I think is our main kind of social activity for those with vision loss and kind of um, biggest kind of thing. Um, I know we do a little bit with CCB too, but um, that's about it. There's not a whole lot going on. Mm -hmm. It's Ryan, and I'm totally blind myself. And, you know, I lost my sight. I was living in a smaller center. Kamloops at the time was about 75,000 people. Again, had a satellite CNIB office that did, you know, O&M once a month, some Braille skills. But, you know, we really didn't have a tandem cycling club. You know, people said I could get involved in curling. But again, most of the major services either came out of Kelowna or Vancouver. So... You know, I can understand, you know, your difficulties. and, and Yeah, and so then even to get to Peterborough, it's a half an hour drive from where we actually live. Right. Wow. So it's not even like you could, like, take a city bus to get there or anything. You have to, we have to get a ride from somebody. Yeah. Yeah, so that can be a real challenge. So what kind of things did you guys do growing up? together to sort of you know offset that did you guys just sort of make up games or like what 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 kept you busy or what really drew your interest growing up we were really thankful that where we do live we have a lot of outside space so that was uh really helpful in being able to keep us busy at home which has also been a helpful now in the current times but um we were always able to go outside and play and um do things that like like we weren't gonna go really play like soccer and stuff, but we could like pass a ball back and forth, like in a more safer kind of environment. And we have, you know, like the swings and trampoline and all that. Mm -hmm. um, for me growing up, I definitely tried a lot of different sports like gymnastics and soccer, um, but none of them really worked out in the long run, which might've uh, partially have to do with my vision as um, I have pretty good vision, but not as good as everyone else. So it was definitely challenging to find an activity that was accessible to me that I enjoyed doing. So we, what you need is you need your dad to set up a bumper car track in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then he can come do one in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> New business idea? <laughs> Absolutely. Bumper cars for the blind. So let's talk a little bit about your parents. Were they were they really supportive of you guys just trying whatever whatever kind of interest to you, or were they a little bit cautious or how was that kind of environment growing up? I think they were absolutely supportive the entire way. If if I came to them and was like, I want to try this, they're like, yeah, sure. I mean, I was like, I'm going to try dance. And I tried soccer until I got hit in the face a couple of times. And they're like, yeah, maybe this isn't the best thing for you. But pretty much anything that I was like, I want to do it, they were absolutely like, yeah, you can try it. And then when you get hurt and don't like it, that's on you. Yeah. I think that they were very supportive, but at the same time, like they, you know, it was their, they had never really um, known about how to raise children with disabilities. So it's always that, um, you know, kind of experimental thing of like, they don't know how to always make activities accessible for us. And so they kind of maybe tried to raise us like normal children, but kind of just worked with it with us as we were growing up. And, and do you find that that really kind of had an impact later on, like your attitudes now? Because, you know, honestly, you guys both seem to have such a, a, a positive outlook and sort of a, a sort of a, a fearless attitude. Do you think that that's kind of what what helped inform that? I do think it absolutely helped that we weren't like bubble children. Like they were like, oh, they can't see, like don't make them, like don't do these things. I think the fact that they just let us do it definitely had an impact on us being like so so positive and and fearless. Like that having not as much like, I guess, yeah, fear of like doing things because we're, we have disabilities, like. Well, it's such a, it's such an important attitude too, because you can't, you know, you, you can't be, you, you don't want to be afraid of failing at something. You mean, try it. If it doesn't work, mm-hmm. that's okay. Move on to something else. And cause you never and know what's going to take. That was absolutely the attitude. It was, you try it. And if it didn't work, it didn't work. If it did work, it did. So let's talk a little bit about true faces. Um, how did it all start up? Um, for the most part, it started with one day I just had an idea and I went to Hannah and I said, Hey, do you want to do this? And she said, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then probably a couple months later, she came back and she's like, you know what? Yeah. This is actually not a horrible idea. We just sat down in our rooms and we started an Instagram page and we're like, let's just kind of see where this goes. We'll just kind of create a platform where we can do kind of what we wanted to and and kind of build that sense of community and the education side of things and i think for the most part it was about meeting other people who were like us yeah and i don't think that we ever actually imagined that we would be as successful as we are today and you know reach out to so many people as we have well and that's you know that's the real positive aspect of social media and and these days is that it does give anybody a voice and that voice can really um, take hold um, if it's the right message at the right time, I think. So, okay, so you started up, you started up the, the Instagram channel. Was there, was sort of there a, an immediate reaction? Like, did you get a lot of followers right away or did it take a while to build? There was an initial little 
kind of boom at the beginning because I started it promoting on like my personal page and stuff. And I'm already connected to a lot of individuals with disabilities. So there was an initial like, oh, this is really cool. Um, and then from there, it just kind of started to gradually grow. Um, and as we interact with more people and share more stories and then they share on their page, it's just a constant yeah. outreach and gaining a larger community. And so did it initially just start on Instagram and then you slowly dialed in some of the other social media channels or um, how did that work and was it was it planned? Yeah, it definitely just started on Instagram because um, that was, I guess, the platform that uh, we were kind of most familiar with and we just said, OK, let's start here. And then I think probably when we hit like 200, 300 people when uh, following us and we're like, hey, this is something that like is actually like gaining a little bit of speed and it's kind of growing so much that we're like and we really started to invest our time in it that's when we grew to a facebook and just recently a twitter and creating a website for it and then eventually getting t-shirts well so before we, we go too far down deeper um we should actually explain to the audience in case anyone doesn't know yet um what what is true faces and what was it sort of built in, to do what's its goals I mean, the cookie cutter explanation is True Faces is a community for individuals with disabilities where they can come and share their stories and educate about disability awareness and connect with others who are facing similar challenges. That's the cookie cutter answer. Um, but it really was just a platform for where Hannah and I could express who we were and um, meet those other people, make those connections. Um, and educate about disability awareness and kind of have somewhere where we could just kind of be true to ourselves and put ourselves out there for people, share our positive attitude. See, and that's amazing to me. And I mean, you know, the fact that, that you guys are so young, like I was, I was, I think my big accomplishment when I was like 17 or 18 was like, I think I, I managed to make spaghetti without burning down the house. <laughs> And that was really about it. So kudos to you guys for, for you know, not only doing something that's, that's sort of true to yourselves, but something that's, that's so important to so many people all over the world. And that's the other real benefit of, of social media is that you can really touch and, and talk to people and open up discussions with people all over the world. Do you find that, that there's sort of a, a cluster of folks in your area or in this country? Or like wh where are, are people sort of reaching out f to you guys from? People have been reaching out from all across the world, let me tell you. I think that's the coolest part about this is that we have met people who are like in Germany and New Zealand and different parts of the US, different parts of Canada. Like we just get the most random kind of places where people just kind of have stumbled across our page and they're like, hey. That's a real benefit um, to where we are with social media and sort of this, the global village of the internet. And it's something that's sort of unique to this generation as well. Um, you know, we're a bunch of old guys over here. Um, so, you know, we like, we remember a time when, you know, like the phone, like there had like this weird dial on it that you had to, like, <laughs> and it was, it was attached to the wall. It was attached Ooh. to the wall. That's right. It's crazy. Right. Oh. Um, but no, but so, so, you know, the, the, a lot of people, you know, didn't have, um, 
these channels, these, these social channels to sort of build these communities. And it's so important. Um, and I feel like it's, it's really, it, it's causing you know, your generation to really be able to connect and really generate um, a sense of positivity and energy that I think going forward is going to be so important for the disability community in general. Um, which is, you know, again, this, this sort of, you know, it informs to why we really wanted to have you guys on the show and, and talk about True Faces and sort of spread the word about it because, um, you know, especially given the, the times that we're in right now, um, it's, it's more important than ever. Now, talk to me a little bit about your guys' hobbies. What do you guys like to do when you're not running True Faces? Um, it's Hannah. Um... Hobbies, okay, yeah. Um, I like to play some tennis in my spare time, and which is always interesting because, you know, it's a smaller green ball, but I manage. Um, and I also really like to draw some fashion designs, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's Emily. I'm really also into sports. Uh, I play goalball and uh, compete in tandem cycling. I also enjoy some some drawing and painting. Yeah, I had to chuckle a little bit, Emily, when I I think it was you that said you like to draw even though you can't see what you're drawing or coloring. It was like yeah. that sounds about right. I just color <laughs> with random colors since I'm colorblind. It's just apparently some days they work. <laughs> Now, I, I, did, I did read in the bio um, that you guys went to the W. Ross McDonald School for the Blind. Yeah, we both went for short-term programs for about three years. And then I just, uh, this past year, actually went for a victory lap so that I had the opportunity to kind of work on some additional O&M skills and life skills. I got to live in an apartment by myself kind of thing. So talk to me a little bit about about what that experience was like for you guys. Um, because prior to that, uh, you know, obviously, I guess you were just in, in regular school. How did that really sort of change your perspective and your experiences? Yeah, that definitely had a big impact on us because I think that was the first time that we really got to meet kids with disabilities and visual impairments that were our age specifically. And um, we definitely made a lot of friends there that we, you know, have been able to keep in touch with and stuff. And that really gave us um, some friendships and, you know, a, a good safe space, I'd say. I think that was one of the main reasons that we actually created True Faces, because once we had had that connection with uh, people our age who had vision loss and um, and were facing similar challenges as us, we really wanted to give others that opportunity to kind of be able to reach out and meet people that were like them. I'm going to ask the loaded question that I've been waiting to answer since you said you lived in an apartment at the school there. So was this your first time being away from home and having to cook, clean, kind of look after the day-to-days for yourself? Or do you do that at home as well? I definitely had a lot of experience doing that at home, like cleaning and cooking meals. Um, our mom was an accountant, so there was many days where, and my dad worked nights, so there were many nights where it was just me and Hannah, and we kind of were off fend for ourselves. Um, and then I also worked at a camp, and I lived there. I wasn't like cooking my own meals, but I was still like 
basically taking care of myself. Um, but this was the first time that I was completely, I was cooking for myself. I was cleaning the apartment. I was managing my own schedule and I was basically responsible for everything. And it was definitely an amazing experience and opportunity that I had. I was, I was sad when it got cut short because of COVID and all that when, when we got yeah. shut down, but it was definitely a good little bit. So have you told your parents you're leaving home yet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Hannah's going with you? <laughs> and no, Hannah had a huge smile on her face like, yeah, I'm kicking my sister out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so what's your, what's your favorite part of what you've built with True Faces? I think just the fact that um, although True Faces has helped a lot of other people, meet people like them it's also helped us connect with new people um like for me i through true faces i met somebody with the same condition as me for the first time and that was a really cool thing to find out and i think just you know meeting more and more people through online that are again very far away yeah i completely agree with with everything that hannah's kind of touched on like just it is that whole connection and meeting other people aspect because i mean some of our conditions are so rare you're like there's there's no way i'm ever gonna meet anybody who has the same thing and then all of a sudden you do right now you guys also have a, a youtube channel that is chock full of content um as well um what what do you like what do you really enjoy about about that that act of, of content creation does did like do you personally get get things out of it um or is, is i it, think or you... uh, our youtube is definitely more for us it's not a huge following on youtube or anything we're not definitely not youtube famous or anywhere close i think it is a lot just more for us where we can go and be a little silly and do some tie-dye or touch on those kind of more important educational topics and uh so it's a little bit of sister bonding along the way. We've kind of just done some things together that have really brought us a little bit closer. Yeah, and the people that do follow us on YouTube, I think get to see uh, or get to learn more about who we are as people. Yeah, and well, and I really I do feel like that that can be a really important component of it because you know the the education piece uh, of all this. Um, is really important. It's, it's important for people who, you know, able-bodied people to sort of be able to realize that, you know, what the, what the life of somebody who, who has a visual impairment or any disability for that matter, what their day-to-day -day life is and how it really doesn't necessarily differ in all that great a way um, to their own life. And, and it helps them, you know, it helps create that connection, but also create this sense of, um, uh, of, of learning about, about the different um, aspects of day-to-day of, of -day life. Um, mm -hmm. what, what really struck me, um, Emily, was I, I watched a, a, the video where you, um, you got your eSight, which is um, a, like a, a low vision, uh, like a head-worn low vision aid, and sort yeah. of, and your reaction to that. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because, you know, we, we, we kind of do, you know, talk a lot about assistive technology here. Um, but I mean, it was it is such it was such a, obviously a, a powerful and a personal experience for you to document, and and you know it was it was really powerful to watch. Um, can you can you talk a little bit about that particular video and and getting the e site and and what that was like to use it? 
Yeah, I think that video was definitely had everything in it. It was everything from the unboxing to the wearing to the just kind of figuring out how it worked. It included everything from my excitement to my confusion to my like <laughs> happy almost tears because it was such a cool thing to be able to um, simulate the experience of being able to see more than just like a foot in front of me. Um, being able to sit six feet away from my computer and see what's on the screen and to just kind of see everything in a little bit more detail than I normally would. Um, and it was definitely a neat little toy to play with, um, with everything from, oh, look, now I can look at everything in uh, inverted colors. Just kind of, there was a little bit of a fun aspect to it too, <laughs> um, as well as the uh, importance of getting it out to people. And I did it. I, I think the video had the aspect of like my experience, but then I also feel like it had the education of letting, telling people that this device was kind of out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what we find too with whenever we talk about assistive technology is that part of the problem is that, yeah, it's, it's getting the word out there that these devices are, are there because um, a mm -hmm. lot of people don't really necessarily know about it. And so, Emily, I think I also read that you use Zoom on your iPhone. Um, and Hannah, do you use any sort of assistive technology? Um, I just use the um, accessibility shortcuts on Apple. I typically um, prefer, like, if there's, like, a dark mode for something or sometimes converted colors are typically the way I go. I also use, like, larger print on my devices, and that's it. Right. Mm. Nothing too extreme, like extra software, more just like using the magnifications yeah. that are built into laptops and yeah. devices. Right. So what's in the future for, for True Faces? What are you guys, what are you guys planning? Um, right now, I think the only thing that is in the works is we're working with CNIB to be on the CNIB market that is coming out to um, sell some shirts potentially Ooh. um but otherwise i think moving forward we're just going to kind of see where it takes us especially with um me moving away to college in september hannah and i aren't going to be together as much so mm -hmm. we're gonna the youtube might slow down a little bit i think the instagram will stay steady with like features and on whatnot but um as well we're also always open to doing some educational aspects hopefully again in person soon um but we've been doing some like zoom meetups with our uh i was gonna call them like followers but like i guess just like our community um where we've gotten to interact with them and doing some instagram lives and just kind of keeping those connections uh so i have to ask so are, what's the plan what are, what are you taking in college uh, yeah, I'm taking early childhood education, so it's a two-year program, and I, uh, I am moving to campus, even uh, under the circumstances, and all classes will be virtual, so that'll also be an experience. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and, and Hannah, what about you? I know it's a little early, but uh, do you have any plans for, for after, after school? Like, what are you, what are you thinking? Um, right now, I'm actually, um, the thing that is most of interest to me is fashion at this point so i may be looking at that for now but i still have two more years of high school so things could definitely change we need some at banters t-shirts or sweatshirts so 
Come on, I just ordered cowbells. I can tell you our most uh, commented thing about our t-shirts is that they're extremely soft. So really? apparently that's an important aspect. It, it, listen, it is. Do, do you never, mm-hmm. yeah. What was, what guys, what were the, remember we, we interviewed uh, the, the two blind brothers? I yes. Remember. Yeah, they had bamboo, <laughs> they had bamboo fabric. It was apparently very, very soft. It is yeah, very I, soft. I, I can one. attest we, uh, we have two blind brothers clothing. <laughs> oh, yes. Look at that. The only other question I had, you have a 21 part series on TikTok. You know, can you tell us a little bit about what that <laughs> Yes, so I posted a random video with a random audio, it wasn't mine or anything, but I uh, kind of showed my cane in it, and all of a sudden it had a couple of thousand views and a bunch of comments with people asking stuff about um, low vision and visual impairment, so then I started answering these questions. And then on the videos where I answered questions, people were asking more questions, so I began to answer everyone's questions and it turned into a 21 part series on TikTok about uh, visual impairments. And I, a lot of people asked how I read the comments. I think there was more than a hundred people who asked that. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, you know, cause it sounds like TikTok was the platform that just kind of exploded for you. You know, I know your Instagram followers are, are going up and you've got a lot of people writing testimonies and contributing there as well. See, there you go, Ryan. We got to get you on TikTok, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) And I also think the thing with TikTok is, especially because in uh, our Instagram lives, we are very connected to the disability community, that there's not so many questions about our visual impairment because there's a lot of people who are kind of living it. So they they know they're more connecting on like, oh my God, I relate to that basis as opposed to like, oh, I want to know this basis. Um, But when I went to TikTok, it wasn't anything specific. It was just a bunch of random people and they weren't, a lot of them weren't from the disability community who were asking questions. Yeah. Yeah, you just never know where people are actually going to find you or be interested in, you know, your topic of choice. And (laughs) just you you replying to people, you never know whose lives you're touching. So, you know, I, I... kudos for what you're doing and your passion for the community is great for sure well you know and even you know you 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 teach one able-bodied person something about you know what it's like to be visually impaired and it's a win right like one person that didn't know what a screen reader was before now knows or or understands now what that accessibility button on their iphone actually means um Mm -hmm. you know it's a win so yeah winner winner chicken dinner that's correct (laughs) Well, listen, guys, thanks so much for, for taking some time out and, uh, and chatting with us. Um, you know, we wish you the best of luck uh, with True Faces and, of course, you know, with, with, uh, with college in September for sure. Listen, come back on anytime. Anytime you have something you want to talk about, you know, you're always welcome. Yep. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks. Have a good rest of your day. All right, thank you. Okay, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Order a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're definitely gonna be cheaper than the two blind brother shirts were. No, no kidding. Those things were pricey, by the, especially by the time they got here. Yep. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, listen, maybe maybe these T-shirts are just as soft. Maybe. And they're only twenty well, bucks. We'll just have to find out. That's right. We'll have to order some. 
No, but it's always great. You know, I, I, you know, I, I love talking to the, to the next generation because they have so much energy. They have, they have so much positivity and, you know, with things like social networks, they're just able to reach out and create these communities so much easier than ever before. Um, and I really think it's going to make a difference in, in this next generation. Can I get an amen? Hey, Ben. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's right. So is a W. Ross McDonald, is that like a, uh, what kind it's a, of? It's a residential school. It's, oh, okay. There isn't really anything like that out here, is there? No, we used to have Jericho. Yeah, yeah, it's long gone. Huh. The only, the only places they have that now are Ontario and uh, Nova Scotia, I believe. Huh. So, I mean, it's a little bit of a, and this is getting off topic, but I mean, it, I mean, isn't there a little bit of a pros and cons to that sort of idea? Like, wasn't there some pushback um, against the idea of, of residential schools and separating out, um, you know, blind and visually impaired youth? Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of things that factored into that. You know, there, there used to be residential schools all across the country, and a lot of them got shut down. Part of the reason for it was that there was a real push for mainstreaming, and they thought the students would socialize better if they were in the right. mainstream environment rather than being in segregated environments. And I mean, I guess it's, it's you know, when you have, if you have resources like, say, um, you know, CNIBs and stuff that are able to do those sort of like independent living skills and all those, you know, and Braille, like learning Braille and stuff, I guess in a perfect world, if you had that, that, that there was easy access to, then you wouldn't really need something like um, a residential school. But, you know, as we, as we well know, um, you know, the, those services aren't necessarily all that easy to get when you need them. No, yeah. they're not. You know, especially in more rural areas. But I digress. Well, then, you know what time it is then? Uh, margarita time? Ooh, don't we wish. It's margarita time somewhere sure. uh, in Margaritaville. Uh, no, it is time for Ryan to tell me where can people find us. They can find us online. <laughs> what happened there? Did you just like did you just synapsis just like <laughs> something misfired there? It's a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> a little brain blip. Yeah, no kidding. Reboot myself here. Okay. All right. They can find us online at www.atbanter.com. That's correct, sir. They can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell at atvanter.com and if they're really really into us in a big bad way they really can also stalk us on social media on facebook twitter and instagram please stalk us please and i have we to need, say we need stalkers and i have to have to bring this up because we've been putting it off for weeks and weeks and weeks yeah back from vacation we have to draw for one of these hockey jerseys Okay. We told people like a month ago we were doing it like in two weeks and we haven't done it. Okay. So I'll send you guys the emails we have received and then we'll just draw a name. Okay. Deal. Deal. Alrighty. We'll do it. Okay. Uh, well, that is going to do it for us this week. Thanks everybody for listening in and we will see everybody next week. 
This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 